This is Peter. And this is Tom. And you're listening to History Teachers Talking Podcasts. All right, this is Peter Zablocki and Thomas Reska, and we are back with our podcast. What do we yes, got we today, are. Tom? What do we got? I'll tell you something that we've been talking about on and off from finally side. Let's just, um, you know. Just do it. Just Yeah, just like when you, you know, <laughs> rip the bandit off and just do it. So, all right, yeah, we're just going to do it. And we're going to talk about basically the history and the beginnings and then the decline of Saturday morning cartoons. Absolutely. Which don't exist anymore it's a historic it's a historical topic yeah like the kids now i mean obviously there's reasons why and we'll, we'll get into that we'll get into those but um obviously cartoons still exist but it's the whole idea of waking up super early on saturday morning running downstairs putting on the tv uh, you forgot and, one thing getting a bowl that? cereal that's really sugary uh i didn't really i wasn't a big cereal kid no, Believe but that not. was the whole point. You're supposed to have cereal while you watch your cartoons. Yeah, I know. No, I didn't. I woke up so early that my parents just refused to feed me. So it wasn't <laughs> really a problem. So I just, <laughs> nice. I just had to run downstairs and just watch as many Saturday morning cartoons as I could. Nice. Before, before my sister woke up. So I <laughs> yeah, it is, it is insane though, right? It's insane like just thinking about that. This is It's really part of cultural history of the United States because it no longer exists. And, no and longer I feel exists. like – In that way, obviously. In that way. Obviously, yes, cartoons Obviously, exist. My, my two-year-old wakes up all the time at six o'clock in the morning. Wants to go. I want to watch a movie. I want to watch a movie. It's different now. You can go put on. Oh yeah, Disney, you can just go stream it. Disney That's the XD, whole point. You can stream it. But the idea of the network channels, CBS, ABC, Fox, right? NBC, right? NBC yeah. playing these cartoons really for the entire morning from eight eight a.m. to one p.m. is basically what they would do. Yeah. So, and then at one p.m. it came. Uh, some other things that we can talk about, I guess. Yeah, too. there was, was so, like certain channels of the same thing. Yeah, so let's kind of let's get into this um, this idea of all right, like where did these things come from? And, when did it start? We, right? Yeah. Right. So I think the first, based on my research that I've done to this, because I mean, you and I obviously we're the children of the '80s, right? We're born in early 1980s. So when I think of uh, of Saturday morning cartoons, you and I think of very specific cartoons, but specific ones, yes, and which yes. we'll get to. And that was well, we. We were part of, I guess you can say, some people call it the golden age. It really yeah. was the age of the half-hour toy commercial. That's really exactly. what it was. That's and what we'll get it, to that. We'll get called. more detail. Yeah. That's what it became. But the yeah. earlier one, this kind of like, I guess, the, the beginning of it um, was really in the mid-60s. Mid-60s. Really but my, although, you know really, what? Before you get to 60s, I think- You had like, some earlier. Well, yeah. So like the very, very start, and I'm going to have you pick up with the 60s because that's really where it like picks up, but- Jerry Fairbanks sold NBC on this idea in 1949. This is when TVs are fairly new. And he said, you know, we should create something for, for children. And the reason for that was the statistics they had from radio, believe it or exactly. not. So radio has been around since the 20s, right? And they always, during that early time, basically from like 10 a.m., sometimes 8 a.m. to 12 p.m., they would always have yep. specially um, broadcast shows just for children. Exactly, like Zorro and, or something like that. Zorro. Yeah. So yeah, it, was, it, it was really, it was just on the radio. And it was also, they made that important for advertising purposes. They wanted Absolutely. they could appeal to children. So yeah. Yep. And they just kind of took that idea and then translated that into Yeah, the idea is like, let's bring television. it to, you know what? So radio is being replaced by television as a home medium. So let's replace what we did with the radio with these, you know, shows for children. And let's bring it up to... The new medium. Now, the first made-for-TV cartoon was actually Crusader Rabbit. I've never seen the thing. I tried to YouTube it a little bit today. I saw some of it. But um, it was the first cartoon created exclusively for television. 
And in the first time that it was first one to be marketed for children, and it was marketed. This is nineteen like fifty. Um, nineteen fifty on the dot. And it was short. It was only about five minutes long each yep. episode, so it was quick. They're like, oh, kids, kids have short attention spans. It was basically just featured the adventures of a, a rabbit and a tiger. So when you think of a rabbit, you know who's who's a rabbit's yep. best friend has to be a tiger. <laughs> and um, what, obviously they would go on these wacky adventures, almost like a Looney Tunes type of thing. It was, yep. And then that's what another thing they started showing Looney Tune cartoons on Saturdays. However, they were cartoons that were repackaged from ones that were already seen in the movie theater. So in 1940s, whenever you went to see a movie, you would have like a newsreel, you would have a cartoon, and you would have your actual feature movie. The early Looney Tune cartoons were not made for TV yet. They were just repackaged old 1940s uh, movie theater cartoons. CBS is the channel that kind of really took it. And they're like, you know what? We're going to gamble on this. We're going to create this like morning, Saturday morning thing for kids. And they're, that's just 1955. And they started with Mighty Mouse Playhouse. Mighty Mouse, yes. And that was widely Huge. popular, Mighty Mouse. Ac- which absolutely. Even today, people know Mighty Mouse. You know, I guess there's no Mighty Mouse cartoon. I guess they try bringing it back every now and then, but. Yeah. You see the image or you hear Mighty Mouse and you, okay, you're aware of it. It's basically a mouse version of Superman, right? Yep. Absolutely. But it ran for and, 12 years. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was very, I, I actually saw a remake of that. My son was watching it on one of the streaming services. I'm not sure which one, but he definitely was. The, the main people that contributed to the creation of cartoons, as we know, Hanna-Barbera um, starts off their studio. Okay, some people, what are some of the characters Hanna-Barbera makes? Well, so William Hanna and Joseph Barbera. I mean, they're known for the Jetsons, the Flintstones. Um, they're known for... Yogi Bear. Or those Yogi guys. Bear. The I want to say... I want to... What, was Scooby... No, Scooby... Was Scooby-Doo? Scooby, Scooby-Doo, I, I believe. Is Hanna, yeah, Scooby-Doo is Hanna-Barbera. Yeah, Johnny Quest. The Blue okay. Falcon. Captain Caveman. All those... Um, so they set up their own for, like, animation studio. And they basically... And the Flintstones, we should also mention. The Flintstones, which is ranked by tv guide to this day as the second greatest cartoon of all time number one is simpsons by the way um the flintstones also was initially for prime time like this was a family yeah. show lisa so remember you ever see the, the you can find them on youtube the commercials with um uh, fred and barney selling cigarettes yeah <laughs> I remember yeah, that. she was selling cigarettes. Oh, yeah, I like Marlboro Lights. And they're like smoking cigarettes and stuff like that. <laughs> Nuts. Which so you would never is... see today. You're not going to see. That's no. actually legal now. You can't have cartoon no, no. characters present cigarettes. And a lot of the, like, CBS, NBC, and ABC start seeing this almost like it's like a money-making scheme. And before they even go to advertising, which is something we're going to get into in a second, it was cheaper to produce cartoons. And the Absolutely. reason why it was cheaper, specifically with, with Hanna-Barbera cartoons, the characters were often drawn with minimum motion. So if you really look at those early ones from like the 50s and early 60s, oh, yeah. um, if the, char- the only thing that was really moving is like the character would stand there for like probably seven seconds. And the only thing that was moving was the speaking part. It was their mouth. That's it. You know what I mean? Um, the design was also geared towards efficiency and action. So a lot of the Hanna-Barbera characters, Jetsons and Flintstones included – were designed to wear wide collars around like their necks. So it'd be easier to show them turning their head by simply flopping the drawing of the head on the collar, which is crazy. Like they cheaped out. The only thing that made these cartoons really popular wasn't the art of them. It was the writing. Like they were very sharp and witty with their writing. And that, you know, that's kind of how these different um, networks. Yeah, kids liked it because it was a cartoon. 
but yep. then a lot of the parents would watch it and they could tolerate watching it. That's what it was. Yep. And it's kind of like a, a idea that like a lot of the cartoons, like the very successful Disney movies and Pixar movies, whatever they use today, that they have these little in-jokes that the parents get. The kids might not give the kids, you know, it's a cartoon, they love it. But then uh, the parents kind of get the dialogue, the, the double entendres and stuff like that. Yep. 1966 is the most important turning point in the history of Saturday morning cartoons. That was when the three biggest major networks, ABC, CBS, and NBC, decided that Saturday morning there will be a broadcast of just animation. The entire block on Saturday morning will be animation. Um, all three networks jumped on board in 1966, and they stayed there for quite a while, like oh, yeah. you know, decades. But from that point forward, this becomes... A thing, and and as you mentioned That's earlier, yeah, Saturday morning cartoons, yeah, in nineteen sixties. I mean, sixties is mm-hmm. really when you have key. So, what what happens in the sixties? What are some of the nineteen sixties cartoons that we know? Well, you really have a big boom of superhero cartoons yeah. to start off with during the time. A lot of them, and again, like you said, if you watch these old ones, if you have Disney Plus, put on the old Spider Man. If you have HBO Max, put on the old Superman and the Super Friends stuff like that. It's exactly what you said before. They don't move. It's almost like a comic book and you kind of just, the mouth moves. That's why Spider-Man was so easy to make. I, they said too, because he wore a mask. So it was even easier. You know, yeah. It was over his whole face. But yeah, you had a lot of them. And then you had a lot of other ones um, that pop out. Like Hannibal Bear, like you had Space Ghost, the Hercoids, um, Birdman. It's not the, it's the same character, the Harvey Birdman. I know he became yep. pretty popular in the 2000s. Um, Underdog, Georgia Jungle. So they became kind of big in the beginning. And then what you started getting in the mid-60s was a lot more um, cartoons based off of real-life groups. You had a Beatles cartoon. I was going to say that, music, uh, the whole yeah, music thing. The Osbournes, yeah. And then you had like the make-up, made-up ones, like the Archies, Josie and the Pussycats, and stuff like that. So you had all of these other kind of shows that this kind of morphed from that. So basically, if there was one successful show, there'd be all these other spin-off versions of basically that show. Like you had Scooby-Doo becomes really popular, right? And then you had a bunch of these other ones that were kind of just like Scooby-Doo. Where it was like these teenagers with a dog that would solve mysteries or teenagers with this talking yeah. car that would solve mysteries or teenagers with this ghost that would do what? They would go and solve mysteries. Yeah. I forget the names of some of those, but I remember well, seeing Scooby-Doo, them. They, I mean, they kind of hit the goldmine with the Scooby-Doo cartoon. Like, well, like Scooby-Doo is like an icon. They still talk about Scooby-Doo now, right? That, think of how around. many, if you really like Google Scooby-Doo, there, is, there has been so many times uh, there have, that they remade that cartoon. Oh, yeah. Like over, making, there's a new over. one now coming out, yeah. And think about it. Your kid loves Scooby-Doo. My kid loves Scooby-Doo. I feel like every generation from the 60s yeah. on loves Scooby-Doo. Even though, if you really think about it, I mean, there's a reason why, um, you know, Shaggy talks to his dog. Well, the guy actually, I mean, the, the writers of the original <laughs> Scooby-Doo actually um, admitted that, yeah. And if you ever watch Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law, there's an episode when Scooby and Shaggy get pulled over for uh, really? too much um, partying in the van. And then that's kind of brought up, yes. <laughs> yeah. Kind I mean, again, I mean, I, I, we could allude to the fact. I, yeah, <laughs> right. We could allude to the fact, and that's not something I discuss with my kids, but, you know, there is a reason that Shaggy understands his dog, and that's primarily because Shaggy is kind of high throughout this process. That's why, that's why he's always hungry. And that's why he's always hungry. He's got the munchies. Um, so, yeah, that's the truth about Scooby-Doo there. But you mentioned that before, Super Friends, so there is a lot more um, – you know, a lot more superheroes and so on and so forth. But these cartoons that you see, you have to understand that, you know, you get up in the morning on Saturday until 1 p.m., every channel that you flip on from the major channel, it's because gonna, cable, I mean, think about it, cable's not a thing, right? Cable's not a thing. HBO hasn't, hasn't really come out yet. No. I mean, there are three networks for the first time ever designate a time slot 
specifically just for children. Kids. And they would, yep. and then the big thing is then they would sell the advertising during that time slot, again, geared just towards children. So that's when they're going to show those sugary cereals, right? We're talking about Pete, yep. the toys, okay? The amusement parks, stuff like that, that's getting geared towards children. So they're going to be watching this and be like, oh, mommy, daddy, I saw this on TV, you know, and bam. Yep. And really any channel they put on, so more, it became so popular. I remember later on, they would have like, you would watch on like late night on normal TV, on like a Friday night or be like, oh, make sure you tune in. We're going to show you what, you know, the new cartoons that are going to be coming out this season on ABC, NBC. Like they would actually advertise but they had the sneak peek on all the new cartoons. They would have like the people from those TV shows talking about the new cartoons that were coming out because it was such a big deal. It's also interesting how you have the um, 70s, right? Superman, Aquaman, Batman, and, you know, Super Friends. You have a lot of these superhero cartoons. And then in the 80s, they're replaced, which we're going to get into in a second, with these like toy making franchises. Mm-hmm. And then in the 90s, you have this comeback to superheroes. But like 80s is, you know, a little it's almost like takes a break from that but 1970 so we went through the 60s mm-hmm. with the beatles and eventually remember new kids on the block had one as well and, and jackson five had a cartoon that's, that's not 60 but i'm saying like the 60s come on come of on, course dude. no no i know but get, i'm saying your, like get your boy bands good <laughs> the idea of like these music cartoons that you start off in the 60s this continues you know, continues, until the yeah. 90s and the idea of 90s. those live actions really what kind of continues into the 70s I and mean, you had a um well, that's what I was going to get to. So 70s, go ahead. Yeah. You had like a Brady Bunch cartoon, Star Trek, obviously. Um, Gilligan's Island, Mork and Mindy, the Dukes of Hazard. It was even a Laverne and Alf. Shirley cartoon. They even took Alf. Alf eventually by the 80s. Same thing. Yeah. Like there's this Same idea, thing. 70s starts this of, let's look at the primetime shows that the parents are watching and let's turn them into cartoons for kids. So it seems like I feel like 70s and you still have the carryover of Hanna-Barbera from the 60s. You still have the Scooby-Doo. Yeah, you have all those. You still have a lot of elements. You still, I mean, it's also of the, like some of the big movies that come out also get these and they're not considered canon. So that's another thing I remember reading about every website talking about like the um, Partridge Family TV show had nothing to do with the Partridge Family cartoon. And a lot of times it wasn't the same actors. They tried to get a lot of the same actors, but if a lot of times these animation companies, again, said before, they're just trying to make money. They're trying to turn a profit. So they're, if they don't get the same actors that, with the same voice, they don't care. They're going to try, but if they want too much money, they say, forget it. We're just going to hire someone else. But they also start doing familiar characters like um, Tarzan, Planet of the Apes, right? Yep. Lassie. Right, are all these new all these ones kind of uh, popping on? So they, the yeah, they basically ones took is, franchises that already existed in the 70s. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they made them into cartoons. Yeah. There is also... Yeah. You know, and this is by this time, by 1970s, is when you start to have some backlash. Uh, and a lot of different groups, um, social groups, are seeing the TV, specifically in Saturdays, as this like electronic pacifier. And I think, you know, we're kind of guilty of that today with our phones. I mean, think about it when you go to a grocery store and you see a, a little kid sitting inside the cart playing with the parent's phone. It's like, shh, just be quiet. Here's the phone. Well, that's what um, it was. The parents would just put their, you know, put their kids in front of the TV or the kids just want to sit in front of the TV and they would watch yeah. TV from eight to one. And then you start getting, like you said, a lot of these watch groups or criticism be like, maybe this isn't the best thing for kids to be spending their entire, basically, you know, Saturday morning. Yeah. And beyond just watching the television the whole time, no matter what's on, or if it's going to, especially stuff that's just not, what's it really, how's it helping them? Yeah. So it starts off initially, the FCC doesn't really regulate anything in for a while. At first, very similar to what the comic books did with the comic book code, 
a lot of these networks try to kind of rein it in a little bit before they get in trouble with the government. Um, specifically, what this dealt with was not just violence, but this idea of over commercializing everything. So the standards were eventually imposed, but initially, a National Association of Broadcasters in 1969. Um, basically dictated what advertisements for toys would not be aired during the same show. So the key thing was up to 1969, you could be watching Scooby-Doo and the commercial would be for Scooby-Doo toys. And they realized that young children couldn't distinguish between what was a commercial and what was the actual show. So therefore, by 1970, National Association Broadcasters said, all right, you could have a, an ad for a Scooby-Doo toy, but it has to be during the Jetsons. You, it can't be during Scooby-Doo. Yeah, and like double up, basically. Exactly. And that was like their, their version of self-censorship. You know, uh, different violent acts were curtailed as well, right? So there was a lot of things like don't, you know, not encouraging children to try things uh, at home. Um, if you watch those ones from the 70s, yeah, the 60s and 70s. The 80s, like, even the, yeah. Yeah, well, compared to the 80s, even the 80s ones, but they weren't very violent, especially yeah. by a lot of the cartoon standards of, you know, later on that, you, that you're going to see. Yeah. Yep, Cartoons yep, yep. are still concerned. These are, these are kid shows. These are kid shows. Absolutely. Even the violence of like the Spider-Man, he's not doing much. And then you have this, you know, so this 70, 1969, 70s, when you start this like self-imposed censorship. So the idea was to air some cartoons with social messages. Um, again, this is not, mandated yet this is just self-imposed so yeah. some of them had these messages that were incorporated into the actual storyline of the show the biggest one of these was bill cosby this is before you know bill cosby you know in jail kind of bill cosby yeah. um he was the producer and creator of probably one of the most famous yeah. um 1970s cartoons called fat albert and the cosby kids and the idea here was that each storyline each episode had some kind of like a moral message built moral, yeah, into moral it. message, something to teach the kids at the end, that like moment of reflection, which yep. really becomes a staple for a lot of other cartoons that we'll get to. Absolutely. Down the line. Yeah. So it was a, it also 1970s because of this kind of self-imposed um, censorship, you have the creation of another very famous cartoon that I think we use a lot in history class. And that is, go ahead, Tom, go ahead. You know this. I'm just a bill. Oh, they have Schoolhouse Rock. Yes, of yeah, course. Schoolhouse Rock. Well, that was more. That wasn't a show. That was more of a short. But yes, I know what you're saying. Yeah. So '73 came short. out. Yeah. It was the idea yeah, of like creating a short public ago, yeah. service announcement, almost like you know. Yeah, those short little. They were basically commercials that ran in between the other cartoons from starting. So if one cartoon ended at 8:55 before nine o'clock came on, let's show a Schoolhouse Rock. Yep. Absolutely. And yes, we and, use them all the time, especially early on, right? I am a bill. That's probably one of the most famous ones. What conjunction, junction, right? Yep, 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 yep. Great and then things start to pot. like heat up. So, Federal Trade Commission in 1978 is trying to like now they're going after these cartoons. They're like, all right, this is getting out of hand. It's so much advertising, and you have to understand that the only time you really saw cartoons during the 70s was during that one block on Saturday. Sunday yeah, as well, but a lot of Sunday was just repeats from Saturday. Like Saturday was the golden era of like you could sit in front of your TV for like four or five hours and watch cartoons. So the Federal Trade Commission is is trying to ban all advertising to children that are under the age of six. Again, this is not successful yet. This really comes into play in the 80s when the 80s cartoons kind of, you know, take a dark turn, you might say. Um, well, what happened was 
Yeah, like, right. get into it? Yeah, get into it. I mean, that's those well, are basically our Ronald Reagan becomes president, and yep. he had a lot of um, much looser FCC yep. interpretations of the laws under uh, program regulations under Reagan. Yep. So um, it basically became known as the era of the hour long of the half hour toy commercials, right? And the first of these was a toy line. That again, what they would they make a toy line, then they would make a TV show to kind of go with it. So yeah, they would start the toy line often and then make the TV show and around then make the TV it. Show. Yeah, and naturally, the point of the TV show was just to sell the toys. Exactly. And the first of these was Masters of the Universe. Absolutely, which is coming back which on it, Netflix. Which is, as I was going to say, I think it's coming back on Netflix when, when we're filming this. It's coming tomorrow. We usually so it's actually going to Oh, is it tomorrow? Fr- oh, dude. July so 23rd, excited. right? Yeah, so July yeah, 23rd. Yeah, that's what I'm doing all day tomorrow. When that's the new. Netflix version comes out, and again, so in these, if you ever watch a Netflix show, um, the toys, toys that toys we made grew up us. with, or toys that I think made us, toys that made us, yeah, toys that made us. There's a, one just on Master Universe. They talk about this. They just say, oh yeah, we. They said, oh, this is great, but we need a we need a uh, cartoon to go with it. I'm like okay, so you just you know put together a cartoon, and then that was the first of a long line. A lot of these basically toy commercials. You have Master Universe, right? That's He Man. In case people are a little confused. By the way, there, before right? you go on with the He Man thing, just this is how crazy it was. Um, the company uh, that was a Mattel, I think that made that. Mattel, it was Mattel, yeah. Yeah. So Mattel made the actual He-Man toys, right? And they had this leftover tiger from a different oh, yeah, toy yeah, yeah. line that just it wouldn't like sell. A, yeah, it was just like it was a giant tiger. Yeah, that and the, just it, it wouldn't like sell. Action guy, yeah. And they're like, oh, we produced so many of these. What do we do with these? You know what? Why don't we repaint it, put a saddle on it, and we'll make this He-Man guy ride it. All right, perfect. Boom, battle cat. Yeah, because the He-Man figures were bigger. So it's like, all right, yeah, fine. So (laughs) instead of just being a giant tiger, it's a tiger that He-Man rides. Okay, go. And it kind of just went went with it, you know, from there. A lot of the characters they create are not like, you know, like the skunk guy is called Skunker. Okay. (laughs) Like, you know. Yeah, yeah. No nuts. So what are some of the other ones? I mean, obviously, you're also 1980s. One of the biggest surprise hits in 1980s was the Smurfs. Yes, yeah. And you had Smurfs everywhere. T-shirts, um, lunch boxes, you name it. The Smurfs was the way to go. And well, a lot of, of them, the Smurfs, too, in the 80s were geared. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, go, go, go. The Smurfs really wasn't for this. A lot of them were geared like, here's a boy cartoon, here's a girl cartoon, right? Yes, that's what I was going to get into. But you didn't Smurfs, have that with the Smurfs. The Smurfs was kind of universal. Either one could could like the Smurfs. Yeah. But My Little Pony and Friends, clearly not like that. And My Little Pony and Friends, they said, and Care Bears – were like a way to try to recreate the, you know, the success of Smurfs. But then you have... I like, I, I like Care Bears. Care Bears I like Care Bears. I actually still like Care Bears. They yeah. could shoot laser beams from a, from their stomach. I used to remember that. It's kind of but cool. go- <laughs> Nice. But going back to what you just said, the female, male, boy, girl, you know, again, we're trying to sell toys. For He-Man, for every He-Man, you had a She-Ra, right? Princess sure, of Power. Exactly. Yep. Princess um, of Power. That was the idea. You, had, you know, the Transformers, That I mean, that was... A, the Transformers movie, what a sad movie. Well, that, well, the whole point again, but again, we get to the Transformers. The Transformers movie was interesting. Again, we could talk about this a lot. Transformers, obviously, right? I, again, it's taken a Japanese idea of basically it was these, these cars and vehicles that were turned into robots and the little pilots that were going inside. And that's why if you have the old Transformer toys from the 80s and the Autobots, they like parts yep. open up. There's supposed to be a little guy that goes inside. Uh, Microman series, I believe, is what they were called. And they just rebought them and repackaged them as the Transformers and changed it. Now they're, now they're just robots that turn into cars, whatever. Um, but basically, what happened was the kids bought all the toys by the mid '80s. So everyone, everyone who wanted an Optimus Prime, a Bumblebee, a Wheeljack, they had them. So now they, all right, what are we going to do? And this is kind of what these they didn't fully understand. So if you watch the beginning of the Transformers movie, in the first, I don't know, maybe twenty minutes. 
all the major characters that the kids grew up with or the kids like, you know, really felt a bond with, they get killed like mm-hmm. brutally. They actually get like their heads blown off. And then in the first half hour, Optimus Prime dies. And it was just so much outcry over this that eventually in the cartoon, they do bring Optimus Prime back and stuff. They just didn't realize that these characters meant so much to people. But yeah. they also they had to change the ending and change the G.I. Joe movie that came out just a year later. Also yeah. with Hasbro, I don't know if you knew that, right? The G.I. Joe movie, Duke is supposed to die in that movie. And they just kind of say, oh, no, he's in the hospital. He's okay. And at the end, you see him back. They had to hastily yeah. put it together because there was so much outcry. People left the movie theater. Kids crying. Oh, my God, they killed Optimus Prime. I had you know? so many G.I. Joe toys. And I always wanted to have like that big aircraft carrier. Like That was the dream. The Battle of Waterloo was one of the most famous turning points in world history. But what happened next? My name's David Montgomery, and I'm the host of The Siecla, a history podcast that tackles exactly that. Join me as I cover France's overlooked century in between Napoleon and World War I. The Siecla, spelled S-I-E-C-L-E, is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and can be found wherever you get podcasts. That was a big remember that? I, I mean, like, that. I've again, never seen it, yeah. Uh, but like, the idea of like watching this cartoon and knowing and that the guy, that, that yeah, was and having thing. a guy, you're holding the two guys that are on the screen. That you're was, like, that oh, that's so thing. awesome. But to be yeah. fair, the toys never looked exactly like the cartoon. No, of it's course. Not like not. now they have like the collector's editions of like certain toys. Yeah. You buy those exactly the old cartoon. They did not look anything like it. But GI Joe was one that used to have. I always remember those things at the end of GI Joe, right? Um, would ever have some like moral of the story? Well, I was going to say that started in the eighties. Yeah. That started That's, with He-Man yeah. as well and GI Joe. Yeah, He-Man always He-Man always did that too. He had like He-Man afterwards. He'd be like, "Oh, today we fought Skeletor, but you know, you guys shouldn't fight evil. Instead, you should call the police." You know, they do something <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And GI Joe's always like, "Oh, if you see a down power line, don't pick it up." I mean, I was they used to always be the one. I remember knowing half the battle. And it took me years to be like, "What's the other half of the battle?" <laughs> and I realized <laughs> the other half of the battle is you know shooting the enemy with your laser gun. You know? That's the same thing. Like the Transformers, the GI Joe, they were like trained warriors or computer, uh, computer robots, and they never hit their targets except in the movie. Like yes. they were they were never hit where they were shooting at. Yeah, just lasers everywhere. Lasers when you're everywhere. a kid, you love it. You but love it. you brought up this great point in 1980s, and I remember this specific. Like I really specifically see this in my head now. All of these, which was the idea of like kind of self-imposed and the pressure from the FCC that instead of like making cartoons less violent or making cartoons have a bigger moral lesson within them. They like slapped on this like last 30 seconds at the end of each one. You know, it was exactly. like, That's exactly. it was like, uh, yeah, this is our the way of saying was still some were more violent than others. But the violence was still kind of mediocre. Compared to what you're going to see, I say even now when you watch some of the cartoons now. Well, yeah. Um, that well, that's watch, because like, we should mention that. That's because now, if you're in streaming, I'm, I'm sure we'll get to that. You no longer fall under the same rules and regulations as the Children's yeah. Television Act. Same in thing if it's a, a channel that just shows cartoons, it's a different type of thing. Yep. So, 1980s, uh, again, beside this idea of like trying to, this is like capitalism at its core. You have movie, that's what it was, right? cartoon, toys, and video games. And they try to, how do we combine? all of that to make the most money possible. Yeah. And some of the best examples of that, I would say would be Ninja Turtles, obviously. Absolutely. Com- comic that's comic book, book then, video game. I mean, the biggest arcade selling toys at the time. and became huge. They had a movie. And then one based on a movie was the Ghostbusters. The real, they had to call it the, the real, real Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters because uh-huh. there was a Ghostbusters prior um, mm-hmm. cartoon. Um, so they had to call the real Ghostbusters. And they even had like the voices that sounded like, you know, um, well, um, just think of this way, Rambo. Bill Rambo, Murray the Force like of Freedom. Rambo, yeah. I remember watching this cartoon. I actually own a couple of DVDs of Rambo, Force of Freedom. And 
Rambo was a rated R movie. And now and you have a cartoon for children cartoon for with kids. toys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chuck Norris, Karate Commandos. That was a cartoon. Yeah. Uh, and he started mostly rated, R-rated movies, you know, in the time that, during this, you know, that mid-80s, I guess. Was there a you Terminator ha- cartoon? I know there were the toys. There was, a, there was a Robocop, which was like a hard Robocop. R, like rated R. Hard R, yeah. And there was a Robocop cartoon. Constantly. I know, yeah. But I yeah, oh yeah. Robocop. That was almost NC-17. And that was, uh, that was a cartoon. Mr. T had his own cartoon. Uh, you um, name it, they had a cartoon in the 80s, and they probably had a serial that went with it, too. Like yep. you said, everything in the 80s was all about, it was a decade of decadence, right? All about yep. the, like, capitalism at its fullest. And you had all these TV shows. And you had a girl once a Jenna Holograms. You had probably another famous one I know will get emails that we don't mention, like the Thundercats and stuff like that, which they've brought back a bunch of, tried to bring back a couple other bunch of times. I like um, Thundercats. The animation okay. still holds up. The storylines are like, oh, okay. But, like, but like, just to give you, like, an example, stuff. like... I mean, again, I think you don't have to give any more examples, but they had cartoons to try to make this market market of like, let's sell things. There was a Rubik's Cube cartoon. They had well, cartoons like Brothers, for... You had Karate Gives a Karate Kid cartoon. Yeah, but like video games, you had Pac-Man, Dungeons and Dragons had its own Dungeons one. Like, yeah. They went all out. They went all out. But this is also it, when parents was... are starting to get a little like, all right. You I'm are basically parents. selling things for my kid. Well, think about it. You would finish every cartoon and be like, Mom, there's a new character today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Probably. But I knew I wasn't going to get it. I could always ask. I knew I wasn't going to get it. But um, I'd have to wait <laughs> for birthday or Christmas or like until one of yeah. my uh, single uncles came over to visit and they would bring something. But yeah. um, again, like you know, certain people were complaining, but um, I, th- I would say others were just like, you know, hey, whatever. It makes them happy. Like give them yeah. a couple hours. Fine. And then, you know, they're not bothering me. So I, <laughs> I remember I didn't always watch the Saturday morning cartoons. If something else was going on, I would do something else. It happened to be, if you know, you're not going anywhere that Saturday morning or you don't have whatever, your baseball, whatever. You're just going to say it's a rainy day. You sit there and watch Saturday watch morning cartoons. cartoons. And again, people today, like especially like our students listening to this, they, I mean, there, remember guys, there is no streaming. The only thing you watch is what's on TV. And it was on once a week. Exactly. So that was another thing too. It wasn't like you could sit and watch five episodes in a row or no, nope. oh, they're going to show a mini marathon. No, no, no. You're going to watch this one episode. That's it. Yep. You're going to get, you know, if it's your favorite show, if you love Transformers or He-Man, you're going to watch a week. the once a week, 30 minutes, really 22 minutes, right? Without the commercials. Yep. And that's it. And then after that, you're going to have to wait a whole other week all right, before you. And it's not really till the nineties when they start doing morning cartoons and like the afternoon block from like three to four you know three to four yeah, three after to five. school block yeah yeah and that doesn't really happen really get into like late 80s early 90s yeah. but you know so we're talking no streaming you know if you were lucky your parents had cable they might not have had cable but this was your time to watch watch it was cartoon. your time to be a kid it was your time exactly. to be a kid it was you were experiencing like i said the decade of decadence whether you knew it or not as a kid all right. It was part. Of, it was part of culture. You would go to school on Monday. Did you see the new this? Oh, that was so cool. Did you see this commercial for this toy? Like that's that's what it was. That was the you know the the water cooler talk amongst you know six and seven year olds. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> um, by Kool Aid. Anyway, yeah. nineteen ninety. So getting out of the eighties, their uh, FCC has had enough, and they passed the Children's Television Act um, in nineteen ninety. And basically, <sighs> it's it's meant to increase the quality of education and broadcast TV programming for children. Um, and specifically by 1996, the federal government dubbed down on this and became known as KidVid Rules, um, which means that there, every single channel had to, according to FCC, 
uh, and I don't mean cable channels. I mean your broadcast channels had to have three hours a week of what constituted as educational children's programming. It had to be educational and informational. It was required for each network. So channel 11, channel 9, channel 2, channel 5, 4, whatever. They had to have three hours per week. Now, none of these networks wanted to waste prime time, right, to insert and show educational informational programming for children. So the only spot that they saw this as like, all right, the one good place where I could plug this into was the already existing block for children, which was Saturday morning. So as opposed to plugging these in sometime else, they're like, you know, we're just going to put them in Saturday mornings. And this fundamentally changed what we know as a Saturday morning cartoon. You yeah, know, you, you started have seen a lot of change in the early 90s because of this. And yeah, you... was probably the first one that kind of just abandoned their all cartoon lineup. Yeah. And then they went to um, what they called TNBC, which yes. featured um, Saved by the Bell, California Dreams, I think Hoop, Hoop Time and stuff like yep. other these teen sitcoms. They would show these instead, which again, always had some sort of moral, it was high, crazy hijinks, but at the end, you know, everything got. Yep fixed everyone was happy you know the morally just right thing was done and there was a nice bow around it but it, it was slowly started to take off the cartoons and when you start seeing the cartoons pop up on cable a bit more like nickelodeon disney stuff like that and that's what i was trying to get so now cable channels to try to go you know these restrictions not only did the cartoon have to be educational it had to be designed for children have a moral meaning so on and so forth a lot of these cartoon makers um decided that they're going to move their cartoons to cable. And by doing that, by moving to cable, they no longer have the same restrictions as they would if they were on broadcast television. So now they could have a SpongeBob, you know what I mean? That has absolutely, you know, no moral. I mean, I guess, again, I mean, if you like SpongeBob, I've never seen SpongeBob, so I can't tell you. (laughs) But, you know, it's not designed to educate per se. You could do that now if you choose to do that on cable. You don't fall under the same thing. Um, so Disney Channel comes out, Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network. Um, and another problem with this is that they don't have Saturday morning time slots. Like it's not important anymore. You know, if you live in the mid 90s or, you know, from mid on 90s, you could basically watch any cartoon on Cartoon Network without any FCC content regulation, pretty much whenever Cartoon Network wants to show them. So if they want to show cartoons every day until five o'clock in the afternoon, they're going to do it. And that's essentially sort of happening. Students and children really started seeing the, having the ability to watch cartoons through cable when they wanted the precursor of, you know, your streaming services. The other thing was video on demand. Um, you could rent a lot more cartoons uh, because of videos. And this one I found interesting as to why Saturday cartoons kind of fell out of favor. Do you see this one? The gradual legalization of no-fault divorce in the United States. There was a case, a study made that because of a no-fault divorce in the United States uh, was legalized over the course of the 70s and 80s. It prompted a spike in divorces and a desire by parents to make more productive use of their time with their children. So because visitation periods for the secondary custodial parent um, often occurred on the weekends and specifically Saturday mornings, afternoons, so on and so forth, it changed routines for children. So that way 
they didn't watch as much because so they there's this one study that looked at yeah, divorce no, rates. Kind of well, the they were high during that time, yeah. So they said, I want to spend more time. They also had kids doing more Saturday morning activities outside the home. Again, they were yep. going more to baseball, basketball practices. Maybe they're in like the scouts or something. That's when it would be. So they just didn't have the time to watch them. So you're not seeing that as much. And then also they said the growth of the home video game systems. That's what I was going to get to. Atari, point, Nintendo, Sega, the, others. Yeah, like that also kind of changed it because the kids were like, I'm going to play some video games. So again, they're not... And, you know, those, those the FCC can't get involved in that. They can't say, well, we don't want you playing video games during this time. Yeah. So the kids are like, all right, nothing's on. I don't like what's on. I'm just going to play video games from nine, from eight to one instead of watching cartoons from eight to one. Yeah. That's what happens in a lot of houses. And also and 1990s, another, you have this huge influence. The cartoons themselves change and you have a huge influence from Japan. Um, starting with like kind of like live action, but really still very colorful. So the kind of cartoon, you have the Power Rangers. Um Metal Hero yeah. series, you have Pokemon, which is still huge, Dragon Ball Z, um, Yu-Gi-Oh! Like, there's this big Japanese influx of cartoons that comes out in the 90s. But what we're also starting to see in the 90s, which we alluded to before, while some of these networks are dropping um, cartoons altogether from their lineups uh, in the 90s and, and by 2000, there is also some that decide to shift the cartoons because remember they still have to do three hours of some form of programming, and they shift this to early morning, like an hour of early morning cartoons, and then there's like a block of cartoons in the afternoon where kids are coming back from school. So I mean that's kind of like I remember. And that really becomes like the, that really becomes a Disney afternoon. Exactly, that's what I was going to get. To right. all, all the things I was seeing it call out the Disney Renaissance in a lot of places. They were saying yep. that because Disney kind of brought back this idea of okay, these are cartoons for kids. Because again, they're morally right. Like these, are, what were the first ones? What um, the gummy well, bears? Yeah, the Disney, the Disney block, right? There's four of them. You always had uh, yeah. Darkwing Duck, Tailspin, Ducktales, Chip and Dale, Rescue Rangers. Yeah, and then some other ones came in times and kind of recycled them. But yeah, those were like the main ones, right? Yeah. So from 1990 to 1997, you would come home and you would have two hours of Disney cartoons. And then in 97, they were like, ah, we could just show those on the Disney Channel. We don't need this anymore. Yeah, I mean, it basically became, if you wanted to see those cartoons, yeah, like, um, you're going to have to pay. You're going to have to get the Disney right. Channel and stuff like that. I yeah. mean, even now, when you come home and you put on the regular TV at 3 o'clock, you're not going to see cartoons anymore. Well, it depends on what channel. I mean, if you do yes. PBS, PBS will still have them, I assume, right? I guess PBS, where you put on like obviously Cartoon Network or you know Disney Kids and stuff. That is always going to be some some form of those. But a lot of the cartoons now, I just know because I have you know such young children, are they try to be very educational? So yeah. Like, oh um, yeah, yeah. Very. You know, this one's about STEM. This one, they actually say they actually show it. Like this episode of Paw Patrol teaches teamwork, teaches you know this and that. Like they, they they're going to say like if you're they want the parents to know, hey, this is not just a cartoon. Your your kids are getting education. By watching this, by watching you know these pups save a a, a burden tree, you know and stuff like and, that. It's very and important. because of these FCC and people losing interest and the ability of cable channels, NBC ditched Saturday morning cartoons in 1992 altogether. They're like, we're just yeah. not going to do them. Um, CBS followed shortly thereafter, and ABC stopped in 2004. And Did CW, see why they stopped in 2004? ABC. There was a reason why. Wasn't it the play, the crash? The, yeah, the um, Space Shuttle Columbia disaster. Yes. In February 2003, what happened was because they were blocked in, they were showing, when that happened, they were showing cartoons. 
Yeah. Um, basically, and they couldn't like do coverage over all the channels were doing this 24 hour coverage. And they actually had to take um, coverage from other news agencies. And they felt a lot of pressure from that. I saw um, that. From the, that ran 24 seven cycle. So they kind of just ended it after that. Yeah. That tragedy is really what spurred them to finally say, right, we're getting rid of cartoons during this time block. Yeah. And then finally, um, the first weekend in America with no Saturday morning cartoons was in October of 2014. That's when the CW said, all right, we're so done. So 2014, but also think about what's happening in 2014. Like Netflix is, is you know, through the roof. Like this is this is where you no longer really need, um, you know, a, a time slot. That's really what it comes down to. You don't need a time slot to sit down and watch anything. So kind of sad if you think about it. I don't I mean, think about it. It is sad. <laughs> that's the end of my childhood in 2014 but also another thing that's interesting what coincides with the decline of saturday aka children geared cartoons is the adult cartoon the adult cartoon yeah, that's what I say. yeah the, the adult cable. animation allowed, yeah. yeah yeah cable kind of picks that up and says all right well we're gonna take advantage of these guys that used to watch cartoons they're now growing up they you know they no longer have those cartoons and they're they're starting to have adult geared cartoons also, what's interesting is every time, I don't know about you, but I mean, maybe because it's because we're kind of geeky, but every time like He-Man comes out tomorrow, I'm so excited by that. And every time I think of like an old, I always try to get my kids to watch stuff. I'm like, guys, you got to yeah. watch G.I. Joe with me. It's so awesome. Or, And I know you do the same thing. You know, it's like you try to get your kids into all these old shows. And then, you know, I remember when Luke or Orlando were little, I would be like on eBay trying to find toys for the shows that are no longer around because my kids are into them now. It's... It's nuts. It's almost like it yeah, and that's where you're seeing a lot of these generations. That's why a lot of these things become popular. You see them where they clean into these cycles because all the parents, hey, I watched Thundercats when I was a kid. I want my kids to watch Thundercats. Oh, there's a new Thundercats show. Yeah, watch this. You know, it's like that yeah. name recognition. There, there's money there. That's what it is. These things wouldn't be coming back. They wouldn't be still talked about if there wasn't money to be made. Yeah. Right. So, so that's TV, what it all comes so down to. Also, TV Guide magazine, sixty greatest cartoons of all time. I'm just going to do top ten. Um, greatest cartoon of all time, according to TV Guide, is, I mentioned it before, The Simpsons, right? Longest running cartoon in the history of cartoons. Uh, what about the Saturday second, morning cartoon, though? Well, that see, it's not, that wasn't Saturday morning, but Flintstones um, is the second greatest cartoon. That wasn't really Saturday morning. Looney Tunes, 1960s on, when it was starting, Looney Tunes in the 60s was made specifically for television. And these, that's what we, when we know. Let me ask you this, what, who do you think is more recognizable worldwide, Homer Simpson or Bugs Bunny? Oh, I don't know, dude. That's, that's an interesting it. question, right? I don't know. I just thought like, who's more. Uh, like, honestly, I, I would say I Bugs Bunny because he's still mm-hmm. relevant. I know, like I have Boomerang um, and there's brand new Bugs Bunny cartoons right now and Tom and Jerry and stuff. And I feel like you're, if Bugs Bunny is still introduced to current generation and it's been around since the forties. You might have more people recognize Bugs Bunny than, you know, especially if you think about the largest population in the United States at a time, right? This time as the baby boomers, you know, um, Peanuts was number four. Scooby-Doo was number five. Rocky and Bullwinkle six. Seven is a great show. Batman, the animated series from 92 to 95. I I still I still watch that. That was pretty good. Uh, Number eight, SpongeBob SquarePants. Number nine, Family Guy. And number 10, South Park. I remember when South Park came out, it was so like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm watching this. Like, it was so... And it's still on. Yeah. That's a crazy thing, too. It's still on. It's still, like, relevant, too. I mean, I don't... I haven't seen it in years, but... um, 
again, I did not, watch. Not, I did parts of their. Um, someone told me to watch it. One of my coworkers, the um, the quarantine special. And I was like, oh man, <laughs> like, they take it to it. <laughs> they take it to him. Like, wow, a this is a cartoon. Tune. Sometimes it'll be on, and like you know, I'll just switch to the channel to come on. Like he's like, oh, what about, what's that cartoon? I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not something that you can uh, just leave on. It's not a cartoon for you, you know. So before we finish, I did find an interesting uh, website that actually runs. This is 1980. So this is two years before you and I are born. But it shows you the lineup that you had on CBS, ABC, and NBC on Saturday mornings through 1980. It's probably amazing. Oh, so uh, some of these I know, some I don't, right? So 8 a.m., CBS, The Adventures of Mighty Mouse, okay? Um, ABC, Super Friends, so we know that, superheroes. Uh, NBC to Godzilla Hour. I didn't know yeah, that was I, do, I remember it was a Godzilla At 8.30 on ABC, you had Fang Face. At CBS, you had Tom and Jerry comedy show. And on NBC, you had Godzilla. Um, so it was like two hours of Godzilla for NBC. Then 9 a.m., NBC has Flintstones. ABC has Fonz and Happy Days Gang. We, the thing we're talking about, this is the 1980s, so that transition from the 70s yeah. of based on other things. Uh, CBS had Bugs Bunny and Roadrunner Show. Then at 9.30 and 10 a.m., you had Richie Rich and Scooby-Doo for ABC, Bugs Bunny and Roadrunner Show for CBS, and Flintstone Comedy Hour um, for NBC. 10.30, Scooby-Doo Classics, ABC, All New Popeye Hour, CBS, Daffy Duck, NBC. 11 a.m., Thundor the Thundor? The Barbarian? Dundar, Dundar yeah. Dundar, I don't yeah. remember that. ABC. He's a guy, he, had like a, he had like a laser sword and he like, he rode around, kind of, he was like a He-Man. Well, I guess He-Man was kind of rip off of him in a way. So he rode around and like, like this guy that helped him out. That was like this, really? I don't know what he was. He was like a lion ape or something. I don't know what it was. Oh. It was Hanna-Barbera. It was Hanna-Barbera. Yeah. Um, CBS had uh, Popeye, NBC, Batman and the Super 7. Batman and the Super 7. I got to look that up. And then eventually they finished off with... Uh, you had Plastic Man, ABC, Fat Albert, CBS, Johnny Quest, NBC at 12, 12.30, Tarzan, CBS, and the Jetson um, on NBC. And at 1 p.m., the American Bandstand from 1950s yeah. all the way through to 1980. Yeah, that was on what channel was that? It was on ABC. ABC, yeah, because I remember five, Fox would have, um, or one of them, probably NBC actually, would have... Um, at 12, they would have wrestling. That would be the big thing too. That, that would, on Saturday mornings, you would hmm. watch like WWF superstars and stuff like that. Crazy. Well, you got any other, uh, anything else about cartoons? Well, I just saw some interesting, interesting fact I saw that was kind of um, how they become, you know, these characters become big, important icons, obviously. But one of the things was that um, Fred and Wilma being in, shown in the same bed was actually the yes. first time that was ever shown on television. Yeah, like out of Lucy, they were always showing separate beds and stuff like that. Um, so actually, a cartoon couple were the first time you saw a married couple in the same share the same bed in, in a TV yep. show. Yep. Um, kind of and first live version of that was uh, Brady Bunch. Yes. So which is like the sixties, right? Yep. Wow. Crazy. Crazy. So yeah, I mean, I guess I guess that's it. Right. Well, there's a ton of stuff. I mean, people are going to say, "Oh, you forget about this cartoon." We're not. We're not talking about each and every cartoon. 
Yeah, no, that's not the know, point. I also didn't talk about DuckTail. I mean, we're not doing a history of like, yeah, let's talk about Huey, Dewey, and Louie. But, you know, just the idea of like why these cartoons came out. And, you know, they, they, becomes a cult, they become a cultural phenomenon. You still see every one of these cartoons, people are going to know something about it. Someone, someone's knowing about it. They still sort of sell merchandise on these things today. It's always like a movie that comes out or they, a revival that they try to do here and there. Look, we just said, you know, that a couple of times we've talked about that He-Man. This is like the third time they've done like a, a He-Man revival. Yep. You know? And again, these are all just for TV cartoons. So we're not talking about movies, you know, animated movies and any of that stuff. But anyway, um, well, so what's next for cartoons? I mean, I guess cartoon. I feel like if you put on Disney, it depends on which Disney, right? You have Disney XD has like the older gear cartoons. You put on Disney um, in the morning, have like your Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. That's more for kids. That's yeah, more that's Disney Junior. Yeah, same thing with like same thing with Nick and Nicktoons. I guess they have all these and ones. Nick Again, Jr. I don't. I, the only ones I see now are ones that are on when you know my kids just want to watch. One here, one my older one wants to watch like all the older stuff. That I, yeah. I don't know. You know, we'll <laughs> see. Um, it's, it's kind of bloody. Like I found Dragon Ball Z for him, but it's a Dragon Ball Z that's like un, uncut. Like, oh my god, <laughs> yeah. It's like, un, it's like okay, he just ripped off his head, and then they're showing all of it. He's like, watch that. I'm like, catch up. So, um, <laughs> yeah, no. so it's a little bit different, but um, yeah, I mean, well, we'll see. There was a time I mean, once yeah. where you would there sit was a down. time, it was Saturday mornings, yes, and you sit there and you watch sugary the cereal, like you said, Pete, and just zone out, forget watch about it. your homework for a day and just a couple hours and just watch Saturday morning cartoons. Those were the days. Well, anyway, it's a good way to finish. Uh, that was a nice, light our- summer one. Yeah, it's a light, light one, not as uh, dark as some of the other ones that we've <laughs> yeah. done in the past. We have to make sure. Our, we promise our next one will uh, give you nightmares at some point. <laughs> oh, man, that's a lot of pressure. I don't even know what we're doing next week. We'll figure it out. All right, we always do. Anyway, so everyone, thank you so much for tuning in once more to our podcast. As always, we appreciate it. If you have any questions, comments, or want to email us, you could always find us at historyteacherstalkingpodcast.com. And I guess until next week. See you guys. Take it easy, everyone. Stay safe. I hope everyone enjoyed our podcast. And if you would like to email us, you can do so at historyteacherspodcast at gmail.com. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.